So this is the uh, Christian response to gambling. Uh, first, I'm going to skip this slide for time's sake. It's just an outline. Uh, first, I'm going to go through with the definition of gambling as I describe in my paper. The definition of gambling, as I put it, is the wagering of money or possessions on, the on an outcome of an uncertain event in order to win more money or possessions. Additionally, in addition to that part of the definition, I'm also going to say there's a definite winner and definite loser or losers, multiple. Um, and the winner will win at the benefit, um, benefit of others who lost. Um, important, important, important note to point out is that risk alone is not gambling. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Like, for example, when you travel, when you got in your car today to come to Sunset, you technically performed a risk. Um, when you, you know, new experiences, when you, like for me, for example, if my job came here, um, that was a risk in a, in a sense. Um, so risk in itself is not gambling, so just throw that out the window. <coughs> um, so examples of gambling um, that I'm going to go through, um, just again to note, the main things I'm going to look at are primarily are casino gambling, for example, like poker, for example. And poker table, this is an example of gambling, as I define it, that you have uh, the wagering of money, because you have players around the table who uh, basically you know, bet either to make you fold because they're bluffing or because they have the best hand. Um, and because you don't know what the cards are coming out as, uh, what kind of cards you're going to get is uncertain. And there's definitely a winner and there's multiple losers in each hand. Another example is uh, blackjack. Um, there is a winner and loser in this case as well, and the winner doesn't have to be you. It could be the house. The house could win on the benefit of the people playing. Um, <clears throat> if you know blackjack, um, you basically get close to 21 as you can without busting or have the dealer bust to win. Another example of gambling: uh, horse racing uh, or the betting on horse racing. Uh, so here you just bet on horses to either win, place, or show. Uh, win is to get first place, place is to get first or second, show is to get first, second, or third. Uh, again, you're with your money, uh, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, and there's a winner and loser, in a sense, same like what Blackjack was. <coughs> uh, just to talk briefly about the uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, if you're aware that there's a controversy in that, um, the one, the horse across crossed the finish line first, uh, mass, maximum security, he technically won initially, but then he there's he did something to where he impeded the path for another horse or another horses, and that got disqualified 20, 29 minutes after he was announced the winner. Mm. And then the next horse, Country House, was then proclaimed the winner. Um, you, you, anybody wants to take, wants to take a guess on how much money was lost by the people who bet on max, maximum security? Three million. Three million. Yeah, million. I put it fifty million. Oh, it's just nine million. But still, that's it's significant. So, um, I mean, I don't have that. So, uh, also, want to talk about what gambling is not, as per my definition. Uh, casting lots. You've seen the Israelites do it all throughout the Old Testament, and even you see it in the New Testament, where um, the apostles are choosing between Matthias and uh, Barabbas. Not Barabbas. Uh, are they the other one? <laughs> uh, basically, the selection of Matthias, they cast lots, and that's how they decide Matthias. 
Um, so the Jews believed that the casting of lots reflected God's will. So whatever the lots will, the lots will come up, that was God's intended will. But, uh, and there's a verse that, um, that describes it. It says that the lot, this is Proverbs 16.33. It says the lot is cast into the lap, but it's, every decision is from the Lord. Um, this does not fit the definition of gambling that we uh, discussed earlier. Why? Uh, typically, money is not wagered. Um, uh, it's an uncertain outcome because you don't know. Um, but the Jews reasoned that it was God's will, whatever the outcome will be. Um, the winner, um, kind of a question mark there because um, sometimes they would gain a position, but they didn't put anything on the line first. That makes sense? They didn't wager money or anything like that. Uh, loser, uh, like I said, nothing was lost from what they put up. Um, so this doesn't go under the definition of how I define gambling in this paper. Um, stock market is not gambling. Um, I view it as an investment. That's how others view it as well, and I agree with them. Um, so, yes, you put money, like you invest money, but I'm cautioned to say it's wagering, because wagering connotates like you're betting. Um, a certain outcome, true that you don't know, like the stock market could crash tomorrow, but yet you have some control in a sense that you can do your research. Whereas in the casino, you have no idea what's going to come up next. You have absolutely no idea what's going to come up next. Um, and winner and loser, I put X because typically people like me don't know much about the stock market. Um, you'll give your money to a broker or somebody else who handles your money for you. And he will try his best to take care of that money. And if he loses, you lose as well. So there's no clear winner or loser. If he wins, you win as well. Um, so just briefly talking about investments. Um, there's the parable of the talents where um, Jesus talks about there's a master and he had three servants. Uh, one servant was given five talents, second one was given two, third one was given one. Um, as we know, the first servant was uh, doubled his uh, five talents. He invested the first five. He did something with it. That's what I mean by that. Uh, same thing with the second one. He, you know, doubled his talents as well. However, the last servant just buried, he dug a hole and buried his talent because he was afraid. Um, however, um, the master, when he realized the the servant did that, he called him lazy and wicked. So. Um, if you have talents, or you say you have something, you have like you have a, an ability, and if you don't use it for good, you know, if you don't put it to work, then the guy views that as laziness. So, uh, more examples of investments, like nowadays, uh, you invest in your education, uh, you invest in, like when you start a small business, for example, it's a risk that you're investing. Uh, joining a gym. Um, so, <clears throat> why do people gamble? I'll talk about greed a little bit more later. Uh, first, I want to talk about what else the devil uses, you know, to entice us to gamble and to keep gambling. Um, so this is sort of like a uh, a cycle I'm going to talk about that one of my uh, sources talks about. Um, what what entices you, and uh, what happens when you're enticed? Uh, you get this sort of a dream state. Um, you can get the misconception that you're a different person when you're gambling. Um, and then, because of the highs that come through gambling, you'll get bored once you step away from the gambling, if that makes sense. Uh, the thrill of play. Um, 
according to the sources I use, is they call it the ir irresistible seduction of money and chance. Uh, you have conflicting, conflicting feelings of fear and hope. And one gambler described it as partly painful, but partly pleasurable. Um, I didn't discuss it in this presentation, but um, there are some links between PTSD studies and gambling. And because of this conflicting feelings and what you know soldiers can feel on the battlefield, um, they say that there's a link there. I didn't go into too much detail in my paper, but yeah, I just want to feel like it's uh, noteworthy to mention. <coughs> Um, so once you experience that thrill, and then you want to come back for more, because if you notice in gambling, I'm talking about casino gambling again, uh, the games are very short. I'm talking about usually less than a minute for a round, per se. Like you do a hand of blackjack, and it's over in less than a minute. And then let's say you win, you say you want to win again, and here comes the next game, and it keeps coming and coming. You, you know, that thrill of fear and hope. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then you get into this dream state. And one gambler described it that I lost track of my money. I only remember it as if it, you know, if he was in a dream. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, one of the sources ca uh, called it a mixed state of ecstasy, disorientation, and hypnosis. Mm. And uh, but can I ask you a question yeah. right there? In your research on the um, uh, casinos, did you find anything that that would um, describe? the actual movement through the casino as an entire uh, mind-altering psychology kind of thing that orients you into this? I didn't focus on that, but you know, I do you know, realize some of the background on that. Like, for example, the fours, they make it unappealing, so yeah. they want you to look up, yeah. things like that. Yeah. But uh, no, I didn't go into too detail on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the alter alteration of identity, um, so, for example, yeah, that guy looks kind of funny. So that's supposed to be Caesar. <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't go by his real name. Uh, so, if you get into this dream state and you want to go back for more and more, uh, there's uh, instances where gamblers say that when they go to the casino now, they use a different name because they believe they're a different person. Wow. Um, and as the source says, gambling can act as a conduit for uh, your changing your identity. And it's like, um, sort of, in essence, like sticking it to the man. Like you, some people who are not as fortunate as far as income may feel like um, they're stuck where they're at. So they want to, you know, for at least for a little bit, you know, escape that. So they want to be called by a different name. They want to uh, have that hope that they can, you know, get out of their situation. Um, so they, this is a way that they can explore you know, alternatives to what they, they're stuck at, for example. And then, of course, again, this is think of this in terms of a cycle. Um, so when you step away, you go back to real life. Um, you like that guy at the top. You feel kind of like you know you're watching the clock. Is like, what can I? When can I gamble again? Mm -hmm. Or you can be the, like the guy on the bottom right who's actually gambling at work. Um, so uh, uh, source describes it like a, it's a feeling like you're a general, but there's no more war. Like the war's over. Mm. So you're missing that uh, that tension. Uh, between fear and hope. Again, so it's kind of like a cycle. Um, so again, so why not gambling? Um, first, I want to talk about um, it's only entertainment. Uh, if you go through, walk, you know, drive through Vegas, you drive through Louisiana, you see the billboards. 
they call it entertainment or they call it playing. They don't call it gambling. Um, also, there's the uh, they want to, you know, advertise that it helps the economy. Also, it's a stress reliever. So again, not gambling. It's called gaming, and I, I add that it, it adds a uh, adds like a it's like a, a curtain that hides the the bad connotation of gambling, and it gives it like a innocence, like it's gaming, because I'm sure a lot of us have played video games in our lives, in some form or another, or board games, and if you, uh, you know, if you think of gambling like that, that like entices you, like, oh, what's wrong, I'll just go there and, you know, try it out, it's, it's like a video game. Um, but, again, we have to remember that video games, board games, um, do not include the wagering of money or possessions, and, but they don't, they're trying to, I guess, disguise that, they just want you to play so gambling helps the economy. So the lottery has been used to finance things in the past. Um, for, I use this uh, example of education. However, you know, through my research, you come up with these interesting stats they don't tell you about. For example, this is from 1996 Money Magazine. It says that states without lotteries spend a greater portion on their total budget on education than states that actually participate or wow. use lotteries. Wow. So uh, it's really interesting that if you just really <laughs> delve into it then. Uh, yeah. And also, I don't have this on the presentation, but it says that uh, South Dakota, this was about 10 years ago, the study, it said that um, they do have casinos, and they said that their income from gambling, you know, total, only accounts for about 18% of their budget. So it's not really helping, like, a lot, you know, it's not like 50% of the budget or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so, uh, also the uh, devil will have you believe that it just relieves stress. Just come, you know, take a load off the, you know, you go to the casino, it's not just gambling. There's, uh, um, there's clubs, there's restaurants, there's hotels, it's the whole nine yards, right? So, they said to just come and come on vacation, just come relax. Um, however, it's all, it's all temporary. <laughs> Uh, it has more long-term effects that they don't, they don't advertise, of course. Um, changes in behavioral norms and social ethics. Uh, it does hinder relationships. Uh, affects work productivity. Uh, increased crime, divorce, suicide seems to accompany legalized gambling. Wow. Um, and then something I'm not, you know, I described in my paper, but not too much here, uh, is pathological gambling. Especially you it's an addiction, and before it wasn't studied until the 1980s. Basically, they um, <clears throat> they uh, back you know they now are associating it with a mental disorder that you're you're actually um, but because of the uh, emotions you go through while gambling, they say there's similarities between actually drugs and alcohol and other things like that. Um, so. Has anybody seen these movies before? Yes. Right. These, <laughs> this is, these were uh, 2007 like popular box office movies. Um, so all together, you know, not just these movies, but all together, all the movies that came out that year, about nine million, nine billion dollars uh, in profits because of the movie sales, movie tickets. Um, 
just a brief tangent. Like, how much money will it take to to convince you to like uh, change your mind about something? I'm not talking about being a Christian. We're not. I'm, I'm assuming that no, no amount of money for people here is going to change that. Let's say like, use me as an example. If somebody offers me a billion dollars to leave Sunset and then just don't come back. You know, I actually start thinking about it because maybe I can use that money for to help other people, and I can go to school somewhere else. Not that I don't like Sunset. It's just that, uh, like, you start to think about it. Money, money, money does have influence. Yeah, yeah. And it does. And um, so, how much money do you think it, it you know, would influence the entire country? Yeah. We think it would be billion. I think uh, nine billion would be enough to influence the country. The whole country. The whole country. No, no, no. Uh, same year in 2007, how much did American gamblers lose in 2007? <laughs> Just take a guess. I'm going to double like 18 billion. I'm going to 50 billion. It's actually 10 times as much. I think that's enough to convince like Are you some I don't know the numbers for recent years, to be honest, I can't tell you that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I found that fascinating. Um, so, now we're going to talk about um, what's the, like, more, what's the influence of gambling as far as, like, you know, so you introduce a gambling to a city, let's say we introduce it to Lubbock, what's going to happen if we introduce gambling in, into Lubbock? Um, so we'll go to, to discuss that, we're going to look at cities that do have gambling. Like, how is it like compared to cities like Lubbock or, or cities that don't have gambling in general? <clears throat> um, so in Vegas, you've seen that sign before. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, of course. Um, it says that, uh, the research I've done says that residents of Las Vegas had a 50% higher risk of suicide than, um, I don't know why I have full of this. <laughs> Sorry. Then uh, people living elsewhere in the country. Um, but if you think about it, um, it's a serious stat because we talked about suicide before with transgenderism. So um, if you have you know gambling in Lubbock, the suicide rate is going to go up according to the stat. Um, the divorce rate in Nevada was the highest in the country in 2009 among all the states. Um, they boast higher rates of crime. Bankruptcy filings, home, fo home fo foreclosures, divorces, suicides, and anywhere else in the country. Um, talking about Vegas. All right, so this is again, this is just an example of what's going on in Vegas. This type of divorces um, you're looking at. So I think everybody here knows who Britney Spears is. Um, she got married to this guy, Jason Alexander, in Las Vegas in 2004. Um, so they get married, and like a lot of people get married in Vegas, um, but. The marriage lasted only 55 hours before they split <laughs> up. Um, but that's very common. The divorce rate is very high. People don't view marriage um, in Vegas like they do how Christians do. Like, it's not death to death to its part. So. Um, so the crime rate in Vegas versus national. Can you all see that? Yeah. Um, so you see it's like the national average of the green line. Um, it's way lower than Vegas. And that's consistently higher than the national average. It does peak in certain years, but it seems like the national average is going down slightly um, per trend, but it's erratic what Vegas is, so you can't tell. And it's uh, that's a very sad statistic. Um, 
So what about other cities other than Vegas, though? Uh, in Gulfport, Mississippi, like eight months after casinos opened, <coughs> uh, the police department reported that murder went up 75%. Wow. Rape went up 200%. Robbery, robbery went up 300, over 300%. Assaults up, up, uh, up 64%. Burglary doubled. Uh, car theft up 160%. So just in, after introducing casinos and just looking at statistics, you notice like a tr these trends. Um, in Atlantic City, after um, casinos were inter introduced, um, the per capita crime went from 50th to first in the in the nation. Mm. Um, what I mean by per capita crime is like uh, per thousand uh, people, groups of people. Mm. Um, so, if you in Atlantic City, uh, you have 56, 56 crimes per a thousand res residents of per per year. So, if you move to Atlantic City, you have one in twenty chance of you know getting robbed or something worse or something along those lines. So. Uh, this is not a real billboard. This is like what billboards should advertise, but they don't. They advertise the winners, like the one in a million guys. Um, but there's some stories that you don't hear from um, from gamblers or about them. Um, so there's a guy named uh, Keith Darnell Davis. He went through all his savings and robbed an Ar Arkansas bank to replace his gambling losses. After robbing the bank, Police chased Keith for a while, then were forced to shoot at his car. Keith tried to escape from police by leaving his car and jumping off the, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it, but jump, jumping off a bridge into the Mississippi River. Uh, he never came out of the water. So, uh, another case, uh, Ronnie Austin, he, is, he was a Memphis area firefighter. He lost at the craps table in a uh, horseshoe casino in uh, Tunica. Uh, his, he was gambling with his wife. I guess his wife was in a, was in a different area, but in the same casino. Uh, Ronnie left his wife, who was still gambling in the casino, uh, walked into the parking lot, and uh, basically shot himself to death. Wow. Um, he, uh, his, this suicide was caught on the casino surveillance camera. Um, this was after he lost everything. Um, I'll just do one more. Uh, Shannon Marie Sanderson, a young mother of three who won $4,000 at a casino. Uh, she was followed from there by somebody. Uh, she was abducted just because she won that money, and she was shot and dead and found somewhere elsewhere, dumped, her body dumped. Um, so these, these stories, they don't advertise. Um, the, the casinos don't. Um, now it's kind of depressing you know, reading all these stories while I do my research. <laughs> um, so what is the Christian response to gambling, though? Like, what does the Bible have to say about it? A common misconception, I would say, is that the Bible doesn't say anything about it. That's what the first thing somebody's going to tell you, that the Bible doesn't say anything about gambling, so it's okay. Um, but there are very, there's a lot of underlying principles that go, that, that shows that God does not improve gambling, as I define it. Uh, of course, we know this one. Uh, God does not encourage greed. He did that from the law of Moses. And he, I would say he argue even before that, but it's written explicitly here. Uh, you know, the Tenth Commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. Um, and also Jesus said, um, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist, consist in the, the abundance of his possessions. Yeah. Um, so the question there is, can you gamble without being, you know, covetousness, like having, having that? Um, 
the most explicit Bible verse against gambling that I found was Proverbs 13.11. It says, Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, little by little, people are actually working for the money. Uh, dishonest money, uh, I would say that falls into gambling itself. Uh, uh, then, in terms of one of my sources, he called it the fruit test. Does gambling uh, pass the fruit test? Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5.22. I would argue that gambling doesn't produce any of those fruits. Uh, I, I would think it would align more with the uh, acts of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Any of those fall, when you think of gambling, does those fall in line with that? Mm-hmm. Like you think of Vegas, they have prostitution, they have, you know, bars everywhere. It's, uh, gambling seems to be found a lot with a lot of these. And especially if you worship money, mm-hmm. that's idolatry. So. Um, how does gambling affect others? Um, so we have to pay attention to this as Christians because um, if we, like for example, one of my sources used this example was that if you go into a gas station, you want to just try out the lottery, and you buy a lottery ticket, but you see somebody behind you crying, how, how effective would you be if you want to talk to that person about Jesus after buying a lottery ticket? So keep keep that in mind. Um, but also, there's, there's others with gambling problems because there's like I talked about that gambling disorder. Uh, disorders. Um, so if you do something that will cause somebody to stumble, uh, just don't do it. For example, if you have house games or even if you're playing for pennies and quarters, um, it might entice somebody who had a gambling addiction to like, okay, it's, I think, you know, since you know, my pastor's doing it or my preacher's doing it, then yeah. just be careful with that. Uh, I'll end with this. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 4-5. We're going to compare what agape love is against the gambling and see if they're the same thing or not. Uh, agape love, uh, I view, you know, you can view it as sacrificial love. That's what the love that Jesus um, um, portrayed. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Uh, gambling, it's not patient, it's not kind, it does produce envy, uh, it, does, it can be boastful, people who win, um, it can produce pride, um, you could potentially dishonor others, um, it is self-seeking, I mean, gambling, there's a lot of greed behind that. Uh, you can easily anger people, for example, at the poker table, you blow somebody out of the money, you lie, um, you can really anger them, I've seen that before. Um, also keeps records of wrongs. Um, you, you know, as gamblers, um, they, uh, I mean, change the word they. Um, if you if you gamble, we could um, like uh, remember what we lost, and just like always reflect on that, and we can beat ourselves up for that, and then we can go back and try to either win the losses back or do something drastic like that guy just explained he shot himself. So. Um, I would say gambling is nowhere near Gopi Live at all. Um, that's all I have. Are there any questions?
I was going to say um, something you, you mentioned that I know your focus is more on casino, but there's a huge issue in laws and stuff right now with the gaming thing mm -hmm. because there's like um, like loot boxes <coughs> and different things that are making it uh, marketable for kids to buy. You can get better things in the video game if you're paying money, and it's all based on chance and stuff. So it's the whole it is literally gambling. Like you're putting money for uncertain odds to try to get something better in the game. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know about this. What's yeah. There's like this loop button. And uh, yeah, another CSGO kind of, CS is the one that got sued. Yeah, there was, because their items became worth things. So you'd be able to get it and you could sell them. But even like very popular like sports games have modes where you pay money to get the better play. You have a chance of getting the better players. And, uh, there were kids who were getting into gambling like that based on uh, for that game based on uh, real world stuff. And like there was a bunch of girls that were like posting nudes and stuff of like underage children and all that stuff because they wanted to like sell it to be able to buy stuff in wow. a game. Yeah. There's no real actual money, it's just game. So it would be it would fall under the possession thing. It's the possession of the game to make yeah. either like an appearance or make it be better. But yeah, that's, that's just something to consider too. I know you already wrote the paper, but that's a huge caveat today that is really relatable, especially for kids. That's the worst part of their Advertising it for kids, like cool, pretty skins on Fortnite, mm. and like there's my brother stealing credit cards and like going like it's it's more of a meme right now. People are making fun of Fortnite, but like curious kids like actually spending hundreds of dollars to see like a skin or like different others other stuff like that. And then so, you got to think, where do these kids get this money? Yeah, you know, what are they gonna do to get that money? Uh, mm -hmm. There's only so far an allowance will go. Yeah, exactly. You know? So. That's just something that goes along with gambling that's really relevant today. I, didn't, uh, I, was, I discussed in the paper, first of all, with Garnier, um, your comment is that uh, there are stories of women who would go into prostitution just to fund their gambling addictions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, in, the, in the paper I write about, like, teens, but I don't write about, you know, that. Uh, it's called loot boxes. I, like, uh, talk about internet poker. Um, so, because it's so easily accessible that you know kids can play it, and uh, when they get into college, they use their own tuition to fund their gambling, online gambling. So it's, it's getting bad. Yeah, absolutely. You pointed out. No, you pointed out a lot of stuff uh, that I found very interesting, especially growing up in Louisiana. Um, we'd go to the casino, but we couldn't go into the casino um, because we were underage. But I remember um, when we go to it to, to go out to eat or something like that, you could see, you can walk down this big hallway and you see in the casino and you see how beautiful it is, how attractive it is. And uh, even the light, lighting in the buildings, they're, 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 they have a certain type of lighting to attract people and to keep them in, to make them comfortable. I dated this girl and her mom was a big gambler and, uh, and a lot of people was, but um, these casinos, when you are regular, they'd send you free rooms to come out and stay in the rooms and you come out and eat, they're called comp rooms and comp, comp uh, dinners and they'd send you all of these things just to draw you in and I remember um, I remember many instances. We have this really big bridge um, where I'm from, and 
on this bridge called Texas, Texas Street Bridge. When you're standing on this bridge or driving across it, you see all the casinos on your left and on your right. And um, when it comes to when, when people used to go, and well, under this bridge is uh, the Red River. And so when people used to go and lose all of their money, they go to the top of the Red River and just jump off mm. and kill themselves, commit suicide. Last year, this girl was killed on Facebook Live in Shreveport. And um, they interviewed the, the, the man who murdered her, and you, you talked about how for some people it's a stress reliever. Well, before he went out and killed her, went to her house and killed her, he said he had went to the casino to calm down, mm. and, and, and it didn't work for him. He, 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 he left and you know, killed her. But all of that is so true, suicide and... Yeah. Um, um, stress reliever for some. Man, it, it's crazy. And even how strategically designed these buildings are. They are beautiful. I, I, I'll say that. Yeah, they are they're beautiful, so beautiful and big. And, uh, all of it, it, it's crazy. It makes me wonder, I wonder if there's any correlation to the psychology behind developing these casinos that corresponds to the the uh, the psychology and the uh, the hacking uh, stuff that's woven into social media, mm -hmm. how it creates mm -hmm. the rabbit that makes you go down, yeah, it <laughs> makes me wonder if the same thing is within these casinos. Facebook hired some some of the same people who like would make Vegas casinos um, to work on their software stuff. That is like casinos don't have they don't have windows on the gambling floors. They don't have clocks. Um, they keep their like servers on really, really long shifts, so it doesn't seem like time is going by as fast. Because wow. you get used to seeing the same people. Yeah. yeah. Even down to the, the yeah. different noises. Yeah. All of that is in place. The noise, the lights yeah. that flash. Yeah. Fake. Yeah. I just wanted to say, moving from casinos to just gambling in general, um, I think Eric and Autumn and I can all kind of relate on the same from our state point. Uh, gambling is just kind of everywhere. We do have casinos that are huge and they draw these in, but because it's just so embedded in the culture, I think people don't even realize that it's a financial move or any of these things. It's just every gas station has, yeah. a, has a slot machine. Um, you, know, every, you know, every restaurant has the bar where you can just go play yeah. machines. And so it's... Look, the airport in Vegas, yes. when you get off the plane, mm -hmm. you walk into a casino. Whoa. The terminals are like, by the thing, I, my, I, I stopped there two times. I was like, what the world is this? Like, where's my gate? Oh, it's right here. Gigi. Thank you. Thank you. From a person living in Kentucky, yes, we had the derby, but gambling isn't legal in Kentucky. Yeah. And when I was... The summer before my senior year of high school, I went to, I went, flew into the uh, airport in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and that was just like, wow! <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> right there. I mean, I can't even legally touch it, but still, <laughs> it's yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what it says. It's not, it's not just places like casinos and stuff like that. Like in Lubbock, like my grandparents, they'll come into town from Amherst or whatever to go to the, the game room. And there is hundreds of them all, maybe not hundreds, there's tons of them all over town. And it, it, they're basically, it's a loophole to get through like 
the gambling laws because they don't give you cash prizes. They'll give you like gift cards or mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's the same thing. You still have to pay money for it. It's all the instant gratification. And you're right, man. I have an auntie, and I'm 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 a, I'm a land at this point. But I have an auntie who passed away about two years ago. But she passed away about 89. She was 85 years old, still going to the so game room. Man. Going to the game room, and yeah, it was a big them. deal for her. Like, yeah. I'm gonna go. I got to get that money back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> serious business, yeah. but yeah, great job.